0: Welcome to Sold Out Sports Talk with your host, Roman Gabriel III. Up-close conversations with high-impact personalities from the world of sports and entertainment. Follow Roman on Twitter and Facebook at Roman Gabriel 3 Today's show will feature interviews with Chiefs Hall of Fame kicker Nick Lowry and cornerback Dante Wesley of the Panthers and Bears. Visit fspn.net for all things faith, family, and sports 365 days a year. And follow Roman on Facebook at the Roman Gabriel III fan page. Now, talking with NFL Hall of Fame kicker Nick Lowry, here's Roman Gabriel III.
1: Oh, I got one of my good friends coming in. He's been here many times, one of the regulars on this program, and uh, former Kansas City Chief Hall of Famer kicker. For the Chiefs, uh, one of the great of, greats of all time, but more importantly, one of the great human beings that we know out there, doing a great job in so many different facets. As you have heard over the years, from Indian reservations and kids to the homeless to concussion, uh, uh, you know NFL stuff. Uh, he's always got something going on. Nick, how are you?
2: I'm great, and thanks for saying so many so many nice things.
1: Well, I only say the truth, my friend.
2: Well, you know what? I I would wish I could say I'm Nick Lowry the Third. You know, there's something about that that almost <laughs> makes you sound like you're, you know, a Roman emperor like Caesar Augustus. You know, it's got it's got a nice sound to it.
1: Well, I appreciate that, Nick. Um, I'll tell you what: you were just somewhere where I was a year ago at the Hall of Fame. Uh, with a a mutual friend, a guy that I played in the Senior Bowl with uh, that that I knew was going to be a great player, but more importantly, a great human being. Another guy uh, that you, uh, I know, respect greatly, Morton Anderson. Uh, What a great event that was.
2: It certainly was. I was able to host just an intimate luncheon with Jan Stenerud and Morton and my friend Jim Breach. And um, it was just a way to underscore that it's about time that kickers who decide one-third of NFL games during the regular season and the kicking game decides two-thirds of games in the postseason, it's about time that we had more than one pure kicker in the Hall of Fame out of 325 people.
1: Well, one of the cool things, Nick, about being in the NFL that that certainly has changed, uh, which you experienced, is there probably will not be the domination over years like Jan Stenerud, you, uh, so many other greats like Morton Anderson. So it had to be really cool to be with some peers that had a unique experience together, not only to be some of the greatest kickers in NFL history, uh, but to have had the longevity that all you guys have had. So I I know it's a blessing for you to spend time around those guys.
2: You know, uh, I was able to beat out – Jan Stenard in 1980, and uh, people thought he only had a couple more years, But and he was not exactly uh, very happy with me for a couple years, but he will tell you now we're very good friends, and I, I really appreciate what a gentleman he is and how he treated my father. But Jan went on to hit many of his best years after that. So the interesting thing, one of the great lessons about football and sport in general is uh, adversity teaches us to dig deeper into places we didn't even know we had. And, uh, you know, Jan went on to have a 19-year career, and then (laughs) Morton played (laughs) 25 years. Uh, I mean, it's just almost hard to believe. It really is hard to believe. Uh, You know, just a dominant kicker, and um, really showed um, how important the position is. So it's nice to get the recognition, um, and Morton certainly deserves it. I think a couple other people deserve it as well. Uh, and Jan was uh, Jan was the the pioneer, the first great dominant kicker. And um, without him, I don't think the Chiefs would have made it to the Super Bowl.
1: Well, it's absolutely it's absolutely amazing. Uh, uh, like I said, the Hall of Fame, you know, obviously is a, is a place that NFL players like to go. But you, you know what? I, what I like about this show, uh, and we've talked about this before, Nick, is having a Hall of Fame career uh, on, uh, on the gridiron and, and, and have an incredible career like you did. Uh, it really doesn't mean a lot if you don't use that impact, if you don't use that platform to make a difference in other people's lives. And the thing that's, that I, I find so gratifying about following you and about knowing you is that, uh, you're a guy that, that, that gives back to so many people and cares so much about, uh, about making a difference. And, um, just wonderful to see. Uh, I know you just did a big event for the homeless, so tell me about that.
2: Well, you know, I, I, I've become friends with Dr. John Martini, who co-wrote The Secret, and uh, he spends every day, Roman, reading about the biochemical, the interactions at the cellular level of the brain, and how it affects behavior in both directions. And, and so it's really selfish motive on my part because if I do something every day, that makes a difference to somebody else. It fills me with a joy. It's a deeper kind of joy. It's a spiritual joy. And my goal in the work we do with Champions for the Homeless uh, is to give the volunteers, which has swelled to over 200 now, the sense of what that joy is because that's also connected to our intrinsic real power. And everyone has it. Everyone has unique gifts to give. Everyone can help one person every single day in a very meaningful way. And with the homeless... Uh, with people like Michael Bankston and uh, Jerome Daniels and Daryl Clack. And um, who else was there? We had a, had a wonderful group, Mike Davis from the Raiders. Uh, you know, that group of guys is always giving. And it, it, the funny thing is, Roman, you grow. You grow in your capacity to notice and give. There's an empathetic thing, which is the exact opposite. Of all the narcissism and all the self-congratulations, which are part of the trophy culture of sport, which are good perhaps when you're young to be reaffirmed, but over time you begin to realize it can be counterproductive. You know, you begin to think you're too much, you're too important, and it's the connection we have with other human beings. In the end, it becomes hopefully what's most important as we grow into into deeper into life.
1: Nick Lowry's with us, former Kansas City Chiefs uh, kicker and, um, more importantly, a guy who is making a difference in the NFL today. Um, Obviously, big in the news uh, has been for the last couple years, Nick, has been the whole concussion issue with current players, the changes in the rules, uh, how do we help younger kids. And uh, You and I, of course, got together at the Super Bowl this year for a very unique tool uh, that you're a part in terms of helping youth with concussions. But before we get to that, um, some of the statistics that have come out here uh, here in the last month or two have been alarming, right?
2: <laughs> yeah, they have been um, very sobering. Uh, the Center for the Study of Chronic Traumatic Encephalopathy and one of the, the major medical journals found that of those that were, I will say, self-selected, they weren't a random sample, which is very important for people to recognize, but even so, when you have 110 of 111 Uh, uh, professional football players having CTE when you have uh, 3 of 14 in high school, when you have 58 of 63 in college that played uh, college ball, uh, it it really underscores we've got to do more. And this is not about putting down the sport because I will be the first to say it's the best sport in America. It teaches the lessons that matter about teamwork, and adversity, and toughness, and working through pain, and and, uh, focus, and hard work, and consistency, and devotion, and all those amazing things. But when you have the best game in America that's three or four times more popular than all the other sports, uh, it just totally dominates the landscape. The only thing that can spoil it is not paying attention and not facing up to this challenge. And there are solutions, two of them, uh, that can completely change the the uh, proportion of people to get it are this mobile virtual player uh, MVP robotic blocking dummy which Dartmouth found uh, developed by my former teammate and holder, ironically, Buddy Tevens, the head coach at Dartmouth, former Stanford head coach, and with the Thayer Engineering School, it cuts injuries 80% and concussions 60% because never again the teammates ever have to tackle each other, and that's where the head-on-head collisions happen that accumulate over time so that's the first thing if we can get that and it's now in sixteen NFL teams in training camp, we can get that with all the the high schools in the country we will severely reduce uh, concussions by up to sixty percent and and by the way, Roman, every single surgical stay at a hospital, the average is somewhere between eighty and ninety two thousand dollars. so if you cut those surgical stays from one NFL excuse me one high school player, that's a pretty significant thing. The second thing is these non-marijuana hemp-based cannabinoids, which are overwhelmingly proven to uh, contribute to mental health. Literally, the Stanford study in 2014 found uh, that cannabinoid deficiency, which is hemp, very, very low in THC, does not have any high component whatsoever. Can't be confused. Unfortunately, we still have to fight through that. But that will lead, if you can feed the body a regular dose of, of hemp or cannabinoids, it reduces Alzheimer's, dementia, it improves wow. the synapses in the brain to function better. So those are two things right there that are hope for the, the future generations of football.
1: Nick Lowry is with us on Sold Out Sports Talk on American Family Radio. When he retired from the Chiefs, he held was first ranked in field goal percentage and the most field goals in NFL history and uh, became a Kansas City Chiefs Hall of Famer in 2009. And, uh, Nick, before we let you go today, you know, one other thing that I think I've ever talked to you about that, that I see also as an interesting possibility is uh, this, this tackling technique that Pete Carroll, uh, uh, you know, brought to bear, which is kind of a rugby tackling style that he has put in place with the Seahawks over the last two years. Have you been aware of that?
2: And and, and that's helpful because uh, that's one more thing that makes a difference. So, you know, those techniques are very important. And what we all believe with my friend uh, Terry O'Neill, former NBC and Olympics producer, uh, is that by tackling – learning how to tackle properly before you actually engage in high school football, that you look at uh, flag football as a very uh, exciting choice to learn the basics and then on the sidelines learn how to tackle with those techniques – um, then when you begin high school, you already have those habits. It's like what happened to me with tennis versus golf. My brother was a tennis pro. I learned how to hit a forehand and a backhand. I learned how to play tennis with the right form. And so I won the U.S. Open celebrity Arthur Ashe thing All three years I was with the Jets because I learned how to do it right. In golf, I learned while doing, by playing in these tournaments. I, I wasn't quite as bad as Charles Barkley. who's a friend of mine who lives just near here in Scottsdale. But... uh when you learn how to do it right, there's a completely different outcome, and that's, I think, the future of football is before eighth grade. I would encourage uh, mothers and fathers and their kids to not play tackle football but learn the basics like these techniques that the Seattle Seahawks do. And then uh, with those other things, the MVP mobile virtual player and cannabinoids. Uh, for instance, there's a company called Canaway that has very high-quality products that if you put those into your diet, like vitamins every day, you literally have a cellular helmet that that increases what you call cellular elasticity in the brain itself. And it's been proven to be incredibly effective to reducing concussions and serious injuries.
1: Okay, so parents, uh, same thing I've been saying for a long time. Let your kids, you know, play soccer. Let them play flag football. But if they really want to play contact football, wait till they get to junior high. Actually, if they've grown a little bit, give them a chance to mature, get a little more physical and uh, then let, let them loose with the right coaching. Of course, we love the fact that the NFL has instilled certified coaches, which is something that was not intact when, uh, when Nick and I were, were playing Pop Warner or playing junior high ball. Um, final question, Nick. Um, MVP drive, this is something that's available, this, this motorized tackling dummy for high school football, uh, college football, professional football. How expensive is it, and how do they find out about it if you're a coach out there?
2: Rogers Athletic produces it. Rogers Athletic, you can ask for Kevin McLeod, the general manager I work with. It's $8,200. They're working on a smaller one for Little League football, but um, it never breaks down, never gets tired. Uh, I would suggest each high school have at least two of them because you're moving. When you have two next to each other moving in space like an actual tackling situation, Uh, it's more effective. The Pittsburgh Steelers have shown that. Um, But, you know, like I said, you save one surgical at a hospital, you can pay for 10 of these. And that's how parent-teachers associations need to show the leadership because, frankly, there's no money in high school football for this without that kind of leadership. That's how we're going to have to change the culture, and I'm challenging everybody that wants to be or is part of a parent-teachers organization at the school to demand that they do this because, in the end, it's going to reduce the impact on the insurance, and it will pay for these very easily.
1: Nick Lowry, Kansas City Chiefs Hall of Fame kicker. And, um, Nick, uh, we'll always appreciate your valuable time, and uh, we'll continue to put the message out there about the MVP drive. Thanks for all you do, and uh, let's continue to stay in touch, my friend. Thank you uh, for everything.
0: David Butts of Harvest Prayer Ministries challenges us to see prayer as a gracious gift from God.
1: Show us, Lord, how to pray with greater effectiveness. Lord, help us to understand more of your heart in our city, in our churches, in our nation, literally around the globe.
0: The Gift of Prayer is a powerful new DVD that teaches us the importance of prayer. It's a great resource for your church or family. Available for purchase or download from the AFA Cultural Institute at afastore.net you're listening to sold out sports talk with roman gabriel the in this segment roman talks with dante wesley of the nfl panthers and bears visit fspn.net for all things faith family and sports and follow roman on facebook at the roman gabriel the fan page
1: now once again here's roman gabriel the third welcome back to sold out sports talk on american family radio Uh, Man, I'm here with somebody who I I need to talk to more. (laughs) Carolina Panthers, he played in the last Super Bowl in Houston in one of the great Super Bowl Mm -hmm. games of all time uh, with the New England Patriots. He was with the Chicago Bears as well in two Super Bowls. Uh, He's got two NFC Championship rings. Show that to the peeps out there. A lot of (laughs) of bling, which I like. It looks really good. And I'm a big Panthers fan, so I'm glad he's here. Uh, Dante Wesley is here with us. Donnie, first of all, thanks for being on American Family. Yeah, thanks for having me here. I really appreciate it. Hey, first of all, um, i got to talk about it. The last Super Bowl in Houston, one of the great Super yeah. Bowls of all time between the Patriots and the Panthers. And uh, tell, tell me about your recollections of that night.
3: You know what? That was a great game, man. One thing I can remember, it was a, a very physical game. We played hard all the way to the end. I think we lost by a field goal. But it was a great game. Uh, man, it, that was my first Super Bowl. That was my, actually my second year after my rookie year. and Man, it was just a great experience. I was so excited to get here and to make it here my second year because I hear so many guys say it takes them forever to try to get to the playoffs. And I was fortunate enough to get to the Super Bowl my second year. So it was a, a great game. Uh, just, just leading up to that game, it was, it was a lot of tense, a lot of pressure because we didn't know what to expect. We was playing against a, a veteran New England Patriots team and we was a young Carolina team. Similar to the situation it's the right last now. Last year, too, yeah. Yeah, it's similar to the situation right now. You have With the a Falcons, veteran, yeah. Yeah, you have a veteran Patriots team and you have a young Falcons Why team. Why is
1: it the Patriots are always a veteran team? You know what? <laughs> because <laughs> <laughs>
3: the way it seems like it works out is that uh, the Patriots keep a lot of their guys, yeah. man. They keep – if you win a Super Bowl, it's almost like you guaranteed another four or five years to try to get there again, and they keep a lot of the core guys, and that – I think that leads to a lot of success with that organization. So, um, like I said, I was fortunate enough to play in it, end up losing. And fortunate enough to play uh, with Chicago Bears playing against the Indianapolis, Col- Indianapolis Colts. And- Which in a was a game. weird night. That was a weird night because there's never been a type of monsoon type yeah, of rain. It was raining that all
1: day and all night. It was it was just, it wasn't a hard rain. It was exactly. just a steady. It was
3: a steady downpour. And I was okay on the field, but I can imagine how my wife felt sitting yeah, in the stands. Yeah, the stands you know? was ugly. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, that was a weird type of Super Bowl. And uh, that was my second one. And I really want to win that one. I, I felt like I was the veteran in that position knowing that I have to. we have to take this game. Unfortunately, we didn't take the game. We let Peyton Manning get going. And, man, he he kind of ate us alive, man. Dante
1: Wesley is with us, former Carolina Panther and Chicago Bear. And I, I know the answer to this question, but I'm going to ask it because yeah. we've got a lot of fans out there. You know, they hear from guys, you know, some guys get a chance to win the Super Bowl. Some guys never get there. Some guys never win it. Yeah. But you got there twice. Twice. what for fans out there when you go through a whole training camp when you go through the whole season OTAs the whole year everybody's on target you get to your goal you get to the big game just explain to fans the the immediate feeling when you don't win it. You know what it's, it's devastating you know because
3: the, the hurtful part about it is that before the game is over you have the security. But Soon the clock hits zero. They rope you off, so you don't even right. really get a chance to shake the other people's right. hand. They run right in front of you with the rope, and you just kind of wave your hands and say, hey, good game. Yeah. <laughs> <And> walk, <laughs> to walk to the locker room. It's not but, like hockey where everybody yeah, gets exactly say, what a great we game. We can't even and, shake their hand, man. They just run, run the rope in front of us, block us off real quick. It almost make you feel like you you shouldn't. Like have made you weren't it. there. Yeah. Like you weren't even there. You know, and and, and uh, I never thought about that. Yeah, part. it's it's a it's a devastating feeling, man. I mean, that's a feeling that you didn't want that you don't want to have twice and. Like I said, my, my second year, which was uh, against the because Patriots, it, yeah. you know, I lost there when I was like, okay, I can deal with the I'll loss. be back. Yeah, but when I lost with Chicago, it was That's devastating. Tough. Yeah, because I felt like, you know what, well, this might be my last time getting here.
1: Well, tell tell me, after it sinks in for a while, yeah. then, what, then what's the feeling? Once
3: it sinks in for a while, you realize you was fortunate enough to even make it there. You know, it's, it's 32 other teams out there. For you to be the last two teams playing in February, you know, you was fortunate enough to make it there. And so – I think I think it takes probably maybe two or three weeks to sink in because you're still a champion. You won the NFC. You know well, you got to see and that. And, and you know there, you are, see it very, there for are very, there are very, <laughs>
1: very few people that have an NFC championship. That's true. Ring, that's so true. That's, pretty that's cool. true. Yes, sir. Yes, and sir. And that's something you get to tell the kids about, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, here's the thing. Dante Wesley's with us, and uh, you know the, we're in Houston. The Super Bowl. There might have not been a closer, more physical, exciting game yeah. than that game. Uh, against against the Patriots. Um, we were talking about this off the air that Rodney Rodney Harrison was with me in the locker room. And Rodney's a physical guy. Oh, he's tough. You know, he's real tough. Yeah, tough. So he's sitting there. He's totally exhausted. He's not moving. He's not even <laughs> taking his uniform off. We're in there. You know, they would think you know, the celebration is exactly. not, not yeah. what you think a celebration to yeah. be. And he just looks at me and he just says, Roman, that was one of the most physical football games I've ever played in. Yeah. And he just looked at the wall because – and said those guys on the other side had every opportunity and could have won yeah. this game. We're very fortunate to win it.
3: We fought hard, man. One thing I can say, I was—I tell a lot of people that was a physical game. I mean, you saw guys just getting cracked collarbones, I mean, clothes lining into the ground. I mean, it made you step your game up. I mean, it was almost you played with fear. Like, you know, don't put your hands on me. I won't put my hands on you. So it was a very physical game. I mean, it, to me, that's what football is about. You know, just the, just a grid. Can act. they play that game today? They, with the play the, and the they, stuff they cannot play the same type of game that Super Bowl was today. My wife always makes fun of me because she always say the way you played, you wouldn't you would get fined every game now because we played physical. And one thing about it, Coach Fox was with us in Carolina. The veterans we had, they was about just straight tackling, just straight hit. we gonna we're gonna out physical you. That was our number one goal. You know, so you know. Uh, it is what it is. <laughs> it's over with now. But uh, but um, it, it's a total different game than what it is right now.
1: Well, I was going to ask you. Tom Brady is going after a record fifth Super wow. Bowl win, and he's been to the NFC AFC Championship six straight years. He and Bill Belichick have accomplished something in free agency <laughs> period that will probably never be done again. Yeah. You had a chance to play against this guy that everybody says right now is, if he's not the best quarterback yeah. ever, him and Joe Montana are right up there together. Tell me about what it's like to play against Tom Brady. Well, you know what
3: I would I say, he's a great quarterback. I-, I almost had a chance to sack him one time, and-, and-, and it seemed like the quicker I got to him, the ball got out so fast. And I just remember wrapping him up, and I couldn't believe he got rid of the ball so fast. And I was like, God, Tom, you know. But uh, he's a great quarterback. I mean, he's smart. He's intelligent. Uh, he's a very disciplined quarterback. And I think that means a whole lot when you're disciplined. I was uh, fortunate enough to be with the Patriots, and uh, I was in the o- doing the o- 06 season, the, the preseason. So I had a chance to be there oh, for sure. the preseason. I end up going back to Carolina that year. but
1: So you uh, had a chance to see the work ethic and yeah, practice, I, I which saw, everybody doesn't yes, see.
3: Yes, I actually – and, you know, I, I'm a uh, workout type of guy. I try to keep my body in physical shape. So I went to the weight room early, like 6.30, 7 o'clock early in the morning, and I was working out. And next thing I know, Tom was working out also. He was in there boxing, and – he introduced himself to me because I was new, and I introduced myself to him. But man, just to see the type of work he put in—I mean, he was in there boxing at six thirty in the morning. People and, think
1: people think that when they see his wife and the lifestyle, yeah. that he's this quarterback. No. This, he is a, he, a workhorse, he's a workhorse right?
3: man. And, and you and every team I've been on—I mean, from Jake Delhomme, Rick Grossman. Some of the other quarterbacks I've seen, I've never seen a quarterback in their work like Tom did. So it's a work It's a work, it's, 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 what's going on, it's what goes on behind the scenes and what make him great on the scene.
1: And apparently it's no different today. It's no
3: different. No, I mean, that's why he. he, he he's, about a gym his, rat. he's at the top level every year. Every year he's in the number one, as one of the number one quarter, every year.
1: Dante, tell our fans out there, being retired now, having the experience in the NFL, Um, How does the platform that that gave you allow you to do things that you want to do today? Tell me about what your passion is today.
3: Well, you know what? It really helps me in a lot of situations of things I may want to do. I'm I'm looking at trying to get a foundation together to help uh, young guys and young kids. And um, Right now, I'm also a a sales manager with uh, Mercedes-Benz in Dallas. So, I mean, it really puts me in a position where I can try to help some of the guys out when it comes to to finance situations, whatever they may need, because I do understand contracts, yes. and I understand, hey, what you're going through. I understand the the ins and outs. You just never know. So, uh, the NFL really helped, you know, help me on a platform that people can respect me. They understand who I am, you know.
1: Dante Wesley is with us on American Family Radio and Sold Out Sports Talk, and. Donnie, what do you take away from your career, maybe the maybe the, the, the biggest thing now that you're out of it that that is means the most to you about playing the game? You know,
3: what really means the most is is just the relationship I have with some of these guys, man. What the Super Bowl is designed for is guys to come back around and and, and see see your former players and, and kind of see what they have going on because at the end of the day, we really have to help each other out. You know, a lot of guys go through ups and downs situations, and what I can take from the game is that, you know, I feel like I'm in a position that I can help guys, I can help guys You mean know, because there's so much so much going on out there. And a lot of guys do need help and support. And I feel like, you know, the NFL and some of the other former guys, we can try to help some of these other guys out to, to keep them on the right track.
1: Dante, we're going to be tight. Carolina Panther. I mean, yeah, man, come on, it. man. That's it. Come on, Dante <laughs> right. Wesley in with us. Dante, thanks for taking the time thanks, to Roman. sit down with us, much. friend. I appreciate it, man. Thanks so
0: much. You've been listening to Sold Out Sports Talk with Roman Gabriel III. Our podcasts are available at AFR.net. You can follow Roman on his official website, www.fspn.net, and on Facebook at Roman Gabriel III. We'll catch you next time on Sold Out Sports Talk, your source for faith,
3: family, and sports.